Bienvenue sur le podcast Business for Good, un podcast qui invite des penseurs, des leaders, des champions qui placent le sens au cœur de leur performance à partager avec nous leurs recettes et leurs expériences. So today I'm really happy to welcome Cameron Rasmdust, the Dean of ESCP London Campus, uh, to talk to us about impact research. Uh, welcome Cameron. Hi, uh, hello everyone. Thank you, love. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure uh, to be with you and look forward to our conversation. Great, uh, looking forward to it. Cameron, um, maybe you'll tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background uh, as a Dean of ESCP? Yes, so um, my academic life started uh, in, in the UK. I did a PhD in, in management in, at Cranfield School of Management and then joined a university college London uh, as an academic and uh, then moved to ESCP Business School in 2017. And uh, last year uh, become uh, the Dean of London campus. And before my academic life, I also uh, had a, a sort of practitioner uh, sort of life uh, in, in energy sector. I was, uh, I did a mechanical engineering uh, in, in my first degree and uh, I was designing health safety and environmental uh, mechanical systems for, uh, for energy plants uh, before moving to academia. Hence so your passion uh, for innovation, I know that, yes. Uh, actually, I forgot to mention, but obviously, ASCP is one of the is the first actually um, ever business school uh, created in 1819, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and one of the top, still uh, very famous for their uh, master in management, which I couldn't advocate most uh, more because I've done it. Um, but it's a it's absolutely a fantastic uh, course uh, for managers. Um, Obviously, ESCP has two hats. I mean, there's the education um, hat and there's also the research hat. And today you wanted to talk about the research part, which I'm passionate about, um, especially working with business leaders, trying to make it easier <laughs> to understand and maneuver around the sustainable transition. Mm -hmm. um, so you've written um, an article that's really um, uh, kind of ticked in my mind Um, about impact research and the gap you've identified between what researchers were working on and the business needs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe I give you a bit of background on that. It's it's um, it's not that the, the research that researchers do are not impactful or they don't have potential for impact. It's main. It's 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 look like you you you're doing a great job. You doing a great relevant research, but you put it in a, in, a, in a room and lock the door and no one can access it. So in a way, the situation we have uh, and that gap that you are referring to is that how practitioners could access uh, what, what uh, researchers and academics are, are producing. So there are two uh, different ways to look at it. One is, uh, is, is that uh, research or, or publication that, you know, academics uh, develop has of an impact, which is a very difficult question. The second one that we, we would like to focus on is that how we can actually design a process 
where we fill that gap, where we uh, we can actually translate, transmit, and engage uh, sort of with practitioners to to sort of uh, feed uh, that sort of knowledge and developments that uh, have been done by academics to to the practitioners to make that research impactful. So it's more about a, a creating a process rather than identifying what's relevant or not, because that would be an impossible. Uh, sort of questions. Some some professors say that okay, it might not be relevant now, but you never know in the future it might be. But at the moment, I think the issue that uh, I highlighted is that uh, the the systems that we have, the motivations uh, systems, the promotion criteria that all fit into um, the the sort of more of what we call academic impact. So we are creating a good conversation, but within the academic community. So the, the question, and we can discuss it further, is that how we can actually break that boundary and then see how we can actually further engage practitioners. And some of my colleagues, and there are some initiatives that we can discuss uh, that, uh, that are aiming to, to do that, but, but I think there are a lot more to do to, to make it right. So just to clarify on that one, because I find it really interesting, would it be like, for example, um, today, the way research is, is kind of like rewarded is towards the number of publication, correct? Absolutely. Uh, what you're, you're suggesting is a, is a sort of model where um, business leaders could potentially um, put a sort of review process on like, on, you know, kind of like a, as a customer satisfaction, like um, interest rating or... I, I think it's, um, yeah, first of all, you're right. So a lot of, um, you know, um, evaluation criteria are based on the numbers and the reputation of a journal. If you publish in a good journal, it may, you can get promoted or your, your performance is better. So what I'm talking about is, is the problem that a lot of companies have, how we can actually measure the impact of that paper and that that's that's something difficult i mean the reason that the motivation systems are with the number of uh, papers in in the, the journals or the citations and things like that are easy to quantify easy to to rank but when it comes to to impact it's really difficult for example how a professor engage with the number of uh, ceos companies and translate uh, and transform that knowledge into something that changes organization or help some practitioners to refine the way they are thinking. And, and you know that that's uh, almost impossible to measure. So I think it, we need to have some creative mechanisms to, to sort of make that happen and, and at least encourage uh, professors to do that. Uh, just to say that a number of professors are already, uh, are already doing that. So they break their time into Okay, they do high quality research. It takes a lot of time. Some for publishing a paper, sometimes five, six, seven years. You need to work in uh, sometimes in in a group, so you can see how much effort you put into it. But they also engage in, uh, for example, publishing more accessible uh, language uh, type of articles, is more accessible and and practitioner and or oriented. Uh, outlets. Uh, so there are things that are happening, but but they're not uh, systematically appreciated and, and acknowledged. And that's that's where we need to go. On that topic of accessibility, I think there are two things. There's um, the clarity on what is where, you know, finding 
and the piece of research that is uh, relevant to you and two uh, being able to understand it because sometimes actually it's so technical that it could be yeah. not accessible can you give us a little bit of tips of what to find where and and how? Yeah, I mean, uh, when I talk to uh, sort of uh, some of the practitioners, they, you know, what they do is that they sometimes randomly find something that they find interesting, which might not be the 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 most relevant or the most accurate, the high or highly rigor piece of uh, information. So I think that that's probably one of the key areas that we need to focus. Um, and if you look at um, academic publications, we have like millions of them so in a way it is impossible for a practitioner to to be able to access something that is relevant to the problem that they have um the it, I, I give you something i think the first thing is uh, a lot of practitioners they've been in the universities in business school so i think the first thing is to ask one of the professors that you you have uh, sort of uh, you're related, either your supervisor or one of your teachers, so that they can help you. And a lot of time, uh, professors would be happy because they they see that, okay, actually they can help to, to make an impact. Um, another area is to go through some of the, the sort of more uh, practitioner-oriented outlets. I think uh, probably everyone knows Harvard Business Review. There are more uh, outlets that, that publish accessible sort of language articles like Business Horizon. At ESCP, we are issuing uh, what we call impact series that um, normally professors summarize. So it's, it's not really going into the depth of well, you know, the research. Sometimes they summarize the multiple, you know, articles that they've they've written into one piece of work so someone you know a practitioner can get a good understanding of that area so uh, I think in, impact series are becoming more and more uh, relevant I see that some of the academic journals have started actually issuing impact series as well uh, for example the one I saw International Journal of Operations and Production management. So I think that that's a good movement that some of the academic journals are getting into. So, so I think in a way uh, we need uh, to sort of have some what we call boundary spanner in the middle, either you know uh, uh, impact related outlets or academics who can actually sit in between and say that okay with uh, you, you're looking at that problem. So uh, I know that this piece of work can help you. And remember, a lot of time, uh, particularly in business and management, the knowledge is way ahead of where we are. So a lot of time, the problems that we have, it doesn't need additional research. Uh, so I think the academics can help uh, practitioners to, to formulate the questions that they have better, to, to break it down into multiple questions. And then say that okay you know these three or four questions have already been addressed there and then you can actually go and find or you can direct them and probably there is one of them that um, need further work or another research uh, and things like that so that that's also another area that, that the academics can can play a good play a role 
super interesting. Uh, you taught me something. <laughs> um, question. Um, because I'm talking, so you say first thing, I've, I've listened to your tip. First thing is to get a professor to tell you. <laughs> I have a professor on the phone now. <laughs> um, look, I'm a lot of my um, clients and business leaders, they have several questions on um, how to valorize a couple of things, uh, whether it is uh, inclusivity. How do you create value? Uh, with um, inclusivity and diversity, or on how do you measure, I mean, measuring sustainability is much more um, known now, so, and a lot of companies are working on it, but how do you uh, valorize the value created or the risk of not doing, you know, in the arbitrage between not doing and uh, investing into more transition, uh, sustainable, um, energies materials or design there's an investment and you know how do you measure that some other people are um starting this there are some really nice moves here uh to measure and to valorize the triple bottom line on their pnls but it's not something that is common etc my question to the professor today is where would you send them like what are the papers that are existing that you know of or um, that you would recommend those people to to go and look for? Yeah, no, I, I, again, this is one of those questions that needs to be broken down into ah. several questions. Yes. And we had uh, uh, um, uh, our second impact series was business for good. Uh, and we were trying to address that question that how can you do good and still uh, stay uh, competitive? Uh, and normally when uh, practitioners ask that questions, they each have different uh, problems and different challenges. So at the, the first point, again, is to redefine that question. Is it really a measurement uh, sort of uh, question? Is it a behavioral thing? Is it the cultural thing within the organization? Or is it more fundamental? Because you know that if you want to become more sustainable, you wouldn't be uh, competitive uh, anymore. I think that th that could be a bigger question. Is it something to do with your business model? Then we can direct uh, to to sort of sort of the, the pieces of work that's been done on the business model. Is it on you know, how you engage with employees? How you create culture? Is it uh, to do with your customers, how you change uh, their, their consumption, uh, you know, experience as a consumption uh, practices? Uh, is it with your production? And as you can see, each of these pieces uh, are still a world of, uh, world of uh, uh, challenges and issues. So I think the first point, I would go back to the practitioner. Let's sit together. Uh, what what is exactly your program? Is it the shareholders? Is it uh, the governance? So as you can see, there are lots of multiple disciplines. And then in, if you look at um, ESCP uh, impact series for business for good, uh, we were actually ourselves because I was helping my colleagues to edit that um, impact series. We were actually treated to see that how many different topics and aspects at different level of organizations exist uh, to, to address that challenge to, or at least to look at that, that, that question that you are asking.
Yeah, absolutely. Because you all, yeah. And, and usually it's a combo. It's, it never comes like absolutely. just process or just business model. It's um, all in between, isn't it? It is. And it is, <laughs> it is actually a, a, one of the key challenges for us academics because uh, you know, we, we work in disciplines. So, um, for example, I'm a professor of marketing. My colleague is professor of HR. And when you work with um, uh, practical challenges and you move between these uh, questions, they, a lot of them are interdisciplinary. And that makes it difficult to, uh, to sort of, uh, when you want to do a high quality research, you really want to narrow down the question into something that, that that you can actually call it good data, reflect well. And then when it's multidisciplinary, it makes it difficult uh, in terms of publication in good journals. So that's one of the key challenges that we have. But you, you're right. I think a lot of time it's multidisciplinary. Uh, I give you an example. We're working with social enterprises with the UK. And um, back to, to, the, to the point of impact measurement. So it was, uh, first we heard that, okay, they have issues with impact measurement, but it was not the matter of how they measure impact. It was the, the, the issue that every client that they had, they were using different framework for measuring impact. And then they had to spend, I mean, you normally social enterprises are small companies, you know, they have, they don't have a lot, you know, in a lot of resources, but they had to sort of, one of their big challenge was to create different reports for different frameworks. I mean, you see that it's not the matter of me measurement, but it's the matter of unification, how we can actually have a standard that goes across different sectors, different um, uh, sort of uh, functions on functions exactly and uh, different uh, social impact so uh, carbon measurement is becoming uh, you know more standardized but how about you mentioned that you're training um, you know individuals so how, how do we uh, all measure the impact on individuals you know mm. uh, refugees um, poor and and so on and so forth in a standard way so you see that actually you start with the question that is on measurement and performance measurement but you you actually the problem is more like developing an ecosystem that can unify this and validate that information so it, it becomes more like an ecosystem uh, business ecosystem question rather than a measurement question mm. and actually this is isn't it the new way of measuring to be honest because what you tell me is what i hear everywhere you, you're talking about social enterprise but i tell you about fmcgs <laughs> same thing yeah um yeah. So I think you're right. I, lo I love this idea about seeing measurement as an ecosystem of, you know, putting in sync uh, many different things, especially when you think about the, the multiple measures that people are looking at, you know, in terms of impact, um, whether they're measuring the CO2 or whether they're measuring waste or, and, and, and actually one of the things I'm passionate about is, you know, in ESG, a lot of people are, are putting a lot of effort and measurement on the E, yeah. but there's a full vacancy and gap on the S. Because it's much more difficult to measure. It's, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's so important, yet the KPIs are, and the measurements are really, really tough. 
Yeah. Is there, on that one, do you have any tip? Because I see that as a big topic coming up, uh, really about, you know, what's the, what's the measure? What's the value? I've, I've had a discussion with uh, some people actually uh, in another education organization uh, that you've named earlier on, uh, who were trying to valorize social impact into dollars, you know, into mm -hmm. money. Um, have you seen something of that? I'm interested to yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, in the UK, there is Tom's framework, for example, that tried to do, but again, it has its own limitation. That's why some companies start with these national uh, frameworks, but they see that, okay, there are things that are not there, so they have to create their own. Um, so, uh, yes, in the UK, you have uh, social value or Tom's framework. But uh, I think uh, perhaps this is where government can can help really, uh, or third party organizations to to create a, a national or global uh, frameworks for measuring particularly social impact because you know social impact is much more difficult. Um, there is also a question how how do we actually valorize that, for example, uh, and that's that's a debate. But yes, there are frameworks. Uh, and it's a good start, but again, um, sometimes they are limited. Sometimes there is a question of where is the scope of impact, because that's also quite important. Where do you where do you stop? Where do you start? Yeah. What where is the context? I think even uh, still, uh, I know that uh, there are lots of advancement on the E aspect, but uh, electric cars is a good good example. They would be good for for the UK or Western countries, but probably not so good in in Poland, where the the electrical energy is is uh, fossil fuel based. So I think contextual element. So still, I think at at the, that's why I said it's an ecosystem <laughs> problems. That that's why perhaps uh, government can help some of these uh, research funds can go into unification and standardization of uh, measuring social impact. I think that's definitely uh, something real. And unfortunately, it's not something that one company or practitioner can, can solve. At the moment, I think uh, you're right, you know, uh, working with some of the existing frameworks, I think in the UK, Tom's, uh, I haven't worked with it, but I've seen it. It tries to, to valorize uh, social impact, but um, I think it's better than nothing. But but I think again, it could be uh, an agreement between uh, clients, organizations that work together, because you don't want to do something and then you know your counterpart does something completely different, or in your supply chain they they do something different. So again, I I encourage uh, to to have something that is agreed on and shared among. Uh, multiple organizations that work together on a specific issue, because at least that makes it more uh, legitimate and, and uh, it creates less hassle, let's say. I love the fact also that you've mentioned uh, the contextualization. I find this is one of the biggest barriers at the moment in business. Um, decision making is not linear. It's not uh, yes or no. This sourcing from this country or this country is is better and it's very disturbing um, there's a kind of like change shift in mindsets and i think it's a cultural or education mindset that is uh, about uh, questioning rather than trying to say yes or no 
Um, I give you an example. I was on a call later uh, earlier where we were trying to source um, more sustainable um, material. And we realized actually with the uh, carbon footprint that it was more sustainable to source it in Portugal than in China for China, right? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Counterintuitive, but because of the energetic mix in terms of CO2, and the choice of uh, boat um, transport, actually one was better than the other, which I find it really disturbing because um, it requires from people to really stretch their mind to make the best solutions or not to get the wrong solutions, actually thinking with hypotheses and, uh, you know. So how do you see that in terms of, maybe it's more on education and research on this one, but, what needs to change in terms of education and upskilling of uh, employees to um, help them change that way of uh, deciding, basically? I think uh, you, you're right. I think uh, I would say like any other uh, decision making, decision makers needs tools. And I think in that area, definitely there is a scope to create new tools. I, I don't think necessarily it's, it's the way of thinking, but when you don't have good information and when you know where to, you don't know where to start, you have to make sort of uh, some something that makes sense. So uh, tools can work. Uh, there are emerging startups that, that are working in that space to help organization to make the best decisions. So I think we need to sort of uh, encourage those those elements more uh, within organizations and in the ecosystem that, okay, when, when you're talking about, when you're making a decision on your, for example, supply chain or sourcing, so you need to actually look at the context. And then if you have, imagine if you have a tool that can do your calculation and tell you that actually it's much you know, more sustainable to source from here, uh, than from there, then it makes it easier. Of course, there is an element of cost uh, that is into it, but at least it 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 helps the decision makers that okay they, they they are more aware. And I think that needs to be further developed. And it's already uh, there, but as you said, it needs to be uh, scaled. Yeah, that that's the that's the trick because you're right. There's some tools. I'm thinking of the the impact tool or the EPNL from caring tool that you know the app they've developed, etc. But you you never fall into the <laughs> your situation. You know, like the the, yeah. the multiplicity of of different contexts mean that you rarely find the right I uh, think solution. That's where education can can help because that's where. Uh, for example, uh, in, in business school, tell that, okay, these are the issues that you need to look at. And then when when uh, a manager, a leader knows that, okay, they need to actually look at the contextual elements, you know, the multifaceted aspect of sustainability, um, the, the challenges around it, they at least they are aware that it's not a linear decision-making is much more complex, and they need to look at the 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 some some sort of solutions. I think that's where education become become really important, and I think business schools are in in general good in that uh, that aspect. So we talked about the gap between you know research and and impact or making uh, 
the most potential impact of research. But I think the education is, is an area that is already uh, working and, and I think creating a lot more awareness and, and help you know, managers and leaders to uh, not to make the right decision, but to, to have a good process of decision making. That's it. That's the process of decision making. That's the, the exact way. Um, what? Uh, because we, I'm going coming back to your article on the gap between research and uh, and the relevance for business, for example. Uh, because we're on a podcast, we can have people um, commenting. Uh, what would you like to ask them in terms of what are the gaps you you're integrating uh, you're asking yourself how should we solve this gap you know what you need to ask them questions that's my that's ask. that's that's great i think my my question is that what are the barriers for them to interact with uh, academics and academic outputs uh so i, I mean some of them i already mentioned the language barrier and uh, the sometimes um the sort of the 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 technical barriers but what what else how can we facilitate that uh or what are the needs of the businesses that that academics can uh, address more and another thing that i would ask that and, and this is something i mentioned in the articles that we need to actually bring practice practitioners more in the process of both uh, knowledge discovery you know and also validating the knowledge. And is this something that practitioners see value as well? I know that some practitioners, they publish articles, they um, they are quite engaged, I mean, like yourself in, in terms of, you know, um, developing knowledge or, or engaging with intellectual discovery, uh, but how, how organization can actually um, uh, create motivation mechanism in, in regards to that. So, so that actually it become a culture on the practitioner side as well, that actually academic engagement is something valuable because we know something is there. We know that it's difficult to, to access, but if you do that, then uh, that would be valuable. But these are mainly my questions. Great. Um, I'm looking forward to the answers to that. I have a, a few. I, I might put my own comments. <laughs> right, Cameron, it's been lovely uh, to catch up with you. Uh, amazing work, really interesting perspective on uh, that gap on impact research and business needs. So thank you so much for your time. Um, maybe just one thing. Uh, one thing you'd recommend people to go to and read? I think uh, I would definitely recommend our own ESCP impact series yeah. and uh, the choice as well. Uh, I think we have a, a web like uh, the choice and there is a, a good number of, you know, articles there and there is a good a balance of both practitioner and academic views there as well. So that would be super. <laughs> really interesting. And I have read the Business for Good one from ESCP, which uh, is right. full of very interesting uh, studies from a lot of uh, teachers. And I was pleased to see the names of a few of mine. So <laughs> it's always good to see the loop. <laughs> no, thank, thank you, you so much, it was, Cameron. It was lovely to, to, to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Si vous avez aimé et que vous avez des idées, 
d'invités ou de sujets, écrivez-nous à winning-better.com.